Have you ever heard the phrase, I saw my life flash before my eyes? Sometimes people say that just before uh, something dangerous is going to happen and they think, oh no, I'm going to die. But there will be a time when your entire life will flash before your eyes and before the eyes of others. We read about it in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who is seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So our passage begins with a great white throne, and this is the seventh scene in Revelation that depicts a throne. The first scene had the God Almighty on the throne. The second throne scene had the Lamb who was with the Almighty on the throne. They're, they are co-equal. Another throne scene shows the saints worshiping God for his redemption. Another throne scene displays him as holy. Another one displays him as sovereign over the earth. This one displays the lamb as the judge. And everyone appears before the judgment seat of Christ. So imagine that great white throne. Imagine him seated on the throne and imagine everyone who has ever lived in front of the throne. This is the judgment seat of Christ. And no one escapes it, neither the great nor the small. And the passage says that death and Hades gave up its dead. Death is a state of being, Hades is a place. Death is, well, you're dead, it's a, you're, you're a corpse. And Hades is a place where the dead went before Jesus rose from the dead. It's the equivalent to the Hebrew word sheol. It's, it's saying that just all the dead were before the throne of Christ. Verse 12 says, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Well, which books are those? Well, those books are the books of your life, where everything we've ever done or thought or the attitudes we have, they're all recorded in the books. And verse 13 says, each person was judged according to what they had done. 
2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10 echoes the same thought. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And then the previous verse says, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. The Westminster Confession of Faith, that's the confession that we believe in our church, elaborates about the judgment. And we're gonna go ahead and read that together. We're gonna read all three articles, but this is the first one. And we'll read it together. God the Father has ordained a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ, to whom he has given all power and judgment. In that day, not only will the apostate angels be judged, but all the people who have lived on earth will appear before the court of Christ to give an account of their thoughts, words, and actions, and be judged according to what they have done in the body, whether good or evil. That mentions apostate angels, who are they? Well, remember that there were a third of the angels that were deceived by Satan that ended up following him. Those are the apostate angels, they will be judged. But also will every person who has ever lived and every person will give an account. It isn't like a report card, A, B, C, or F. There will be an account for everything before Christ. Now, the second part of the confession tells us why a judgment is necessary. So let's go ahead and read that second part. There'll be two slides there. God's purpose in arranging for this day is to show forth the glory of his mercy in the eternal salvation of the elect and the glory of his justice in the damnation of the reprobate who are wicked and disobedient. At that time, the righteous will go into everlasting life and receive that fullness of joy and refreshment which will come from the presence of the Lord. But the wicked who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of Christ will be thrown into eternal torment and punished with everlasting destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his power. So why is a judgment necessary? One is to display the glory of his mercy. Because when the accounting takes place, we're gonna realize what we deserve for a lot of things. But there will be mercy and we'll praise God forever and ever for that mercy. It also displays the glory of his justice. Yes, God is loving and merciful, but he's also holy and just. And There is no justice without judgment. And really, we long for things to be made right. Really, we long for justice, and this is where justice will be done. Now, there are degrees of reward and punishment after this judgment. In Luke chapter 12, verse 47 through 48, We read Jesus say, that servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready 
or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And if you read the Apostle Paul in his epistles, he talks about degrees of rewards. And so there seems to be gradations of reward for those who receive reward and gradations of judgment or punishment for those who are cast away. Now there is an atonement for sin. That atonement is offered to us by God through faith in Christ. But we have to accept that atonement. If not, then we atone for our own sins. And that'll be part of the judgment. So now let's keep reading the confession. We'll read Article 3. Christ wants us to be completely convinced that there is going to be a day of judgment as a deterrent to sin for everyone and as an added consolation for the godly in their suffering. He's also made sure that no one knows when that day will be so that we may never rest secure in our worldly surroundings. But not knowing what hour the Lord will come, we must always be alert and may always be ready to say, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. So first of all, the judgment is a deterrent to sin. God actually wants us to think about the judgment. There's some things that maybe we're tempted to do and we're thinking, mm, don't want to answer for that at the judgment, and so it's a deterrent. But it's also a reward for the godly. Jesus wants to reward those who love him, who appreciate his salvation, who serve him and obey him out of love. In this way, the judgment is a consolation for the godly. And it's a consolation for the godly in their suffering. Remember, this book is written to a church that is suffering and will suffer more. The saints are losing their jobs, some are being put into prison, some are losing their lives because of their faith in Jesus. They live in this evil world that's persecuting them. And they're thinking, Lord, what are you going to do about it? And the consolation for them is that you will receive reward and the wicked will be punished. And this still goes on in the world today, right? All over the world, people are being persecuted for their faith in Christ, getting beaten up, having their churches burned down. These are looking for the Lord to console them at the end. So all that said, how do you feel about the judgment? Are you anxious for it to happen? Or does the thought of it make you anxious? And how many are thinking, well, on that day, I'm counting on my righteousness to earn me a place in heaven and a place uh, of reward. Are you counting on your righteousness? 
or are you hoping for mercy? My counsel to you is that you bank and ask for the mercy of God. Scripture tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous, no, not one. All of us have a life we are being redeemed from, a life where God is at work to restore us and make us holy. And since God is in the redemption business, let's make repentance characteristic of our lives. Where repentance is more than saying, sorry, chief, but where repentance is, Lord, I want to put my sin behind me. I want to love you. I want to serve you. Because you see, even our acts of repentance and our thoughts and temptations that we surrender to the Lord out of love for him, even this is part of the judgment. Now, having talked about the judgment, here's what I do not want us to do. I do not want us to see it as a whip to make us try harder to meet some standard because it just doesn't work as a whip. Rather, the judgment is a mirror that shows us our hearts, shows us our hearts right now. And it will show us our hearts when we appear before the Lord. And what really moves us to please the Lord in all ways is our love and gratitude. And so if we work at anything, let's work at loving the Lord. Now, love doesn't just appear in some vacuum. There's something that moves our love. Maybe it's deeds that Deeds are things that people did for us, and, and we love them for it. Maybe it's the love they have for us, and we, we love them in return. Maybe it's something beautiful we saw in them. These are the things that inspire love, and when we love someone, we want to uh, please them. And you know, the Lord has done things for us, right? He chose us. He died for us. He pursued us. He gave us the gift of faith. Every day he provides for us. Every day he shows us mercy. Every day he persists with us, even when we sometimes want to walk away. No one loves us and has done for us what he has done for us. With all of our imperfections, he loves us. I have an old truck that I bought about a year and a half ago with all kinds of imperfections. There's, here's the old truck. You have a picture of it? Yeah, there's the old truck. Now, you're thinking, that thing is a heap. That thing is ugly. That thing's a piece of junk. My wife says that about my truck. But you know what? I love my truck. I love driving it. And my wife, you know, she says, when she drives in it once in a while, she's like, she goes, I hope no one sees us in this truck. <laughs> but I have an idea of what that truck can be, and, I, and I'm working towards it. So this, this is what I'm, I'm hoping it becomes someday. But even before it becomes that, I still like the old truck with all of its imperfections. And when I'm driving it, I think, I love this truck. 
Now we see what we are. Other people see it too. People are happy to point out our imperfections. But we are loved and we are cared for and we are not abandoned to the junk pile because the Lord knew about all the imperfections when he chose us and bought us. Through it all, he loves us. And so the Lord has done deeds for us. The Lord loves us, and the Lord is beautiful. He is beautiful in his wisdom and power. We see it in the creation. He's beautiful in his love and mercy. We see it at the cross. He's beautiful in his glory, and his glory shines throughout this book of Revelation. These kinds of things move us to love him. Dwell on these things and it will start to inspire your heart to love him. And out of that loving heart, we live a life that pleases him. Now our passage goes on to say that death and Hades will be thrown into the lake of fire. That's another way of saying that death will be done away with. 1 Corinthians 15, 26 says, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Now, uh, what about faith in Jesus? Does faith in Jesus mean that we skip the judgment? That we get a free pass? And the answer is no. No all will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ has to be the foundation. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, these are the qualities of your life. His work will be shown for what it is because the day, that's the judgment day, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. And if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. And if it is burned up, he will suffer loss. So there are rewards at the judgment, but there are also rewards we could lose. No one gets a free pass. But those who are in Christ, who have put their faith in him, these have their names written in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. Names that we are told were written in before the foundation of the world. So one day, the books will be opened. Your book will be opened. On the front cover, your birth certificate. On the back cover, your death certificate. In between, everything you thought, your attitudes, 
your actions, whether you did it to please God or to love others, whether you did it to indulge your own desires of flesh, all of it will be written in the book. And after there is an accounting, your name will be looked for in another book, the Lamb's Book of Life. And if your name is found there, then that book goes over your book. And the Lamb's blood covers your sins. And the penalty, you learn, has been transferred to him. But all the things you did out of love for him and to please him, for these you will receive your reward. Blessed is the lamb who is slain, and blessed is everyone whose names are written in his book. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You loved us. You chose us. You chose us seeing everything. So we know we are loved. And we thank you for a love that does not let us go. We thank you for a love that drove you to the cross so that we would not be cast away. So Lord, we pray this morning that we would know how high and wide and deep is your love for us. That we would see how much you love us that we would see what you have done for us, that we would behold your beauty and that rising up in us would be love. We pray this for ourselves. And we pray in this life that you would send forth your spirit to remind us of your love to remind us of what you have spoken, to produce in us the fruit of the Spirit against which there is no law. So that when our day comes, we may receive your reward and hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.